0: Kelly Jewell is founder of Jewel Time, and she does something really special and spectacular with luxury watches like Rolex. She offers a custom alteration service, transforming them into distinguished timepieces to complement her clients' lifestyles. Her working knowledge and familiarity with fine jewelry, watches, custom design, and jewelry repair provide Kelly with expertise to succeed in the realm of luxury watches. Kelly shares what's trending with luxury watches for men and women, red flags to watch for in the secondary jewelry market, and how her business was a pioneer in eBay's online marketplace. I just want to take a minute to celebrate all the women in the jewelry industry and I have featured so many of them in the past episodes on Jewelry Navigator podcast and just want to thank each and every one of you for being my guest and for having the courage to take the steps to have your own jewelry business, to live your dreams. And it's just really exciting time. It's an exciting time for women in the industry. Kelly Jewel just happens to be one of these women because watches, especially luxury watches, is a niche that has notoriously been dominated by men in the industry. And it's an exciting time to be a woman in the jewelry industry. Because a lot of the reason is we know what we like. We know what feels good on us. We know what looks good on us. So having a woman design that with those kind of innate and intuitive design aspects just makes it all that much easier for us to fall in love with pieces that women design. So. I just wanted to take a moment to celebrate us all. I'm really excited to share Kelly's story. Thanks so much for joining me today and welcome aboard. I love that your background is really entrenched in jewelry. Not only mm-hmm. the front end of it, the beauty part of it, but the backside of it where you understand you understand how things go together, like the watches, and also just basic jewelry repair. Having you on the show, I think we'd I'd like to touch a little bit on basics of luxury watches and then delve into what makes your services so exceptional because it does add that special option for people to really personalize something that iconically has been very standard and conventional looking and yes you can kick something in and add something special. So let's just start by having you introduce yourself and tell us your story about how you got into the jewelry industry, which we visited the other day for a little while and um, you shared with me that you've been in it for a really long time, longer than most people yes. you know, start their professions as young adults. But um, yeah, let me just hand it over to you and introduce yourself and how you got started and we'll go, we'll delve into a little bit more
1: from there. Love it. Okay, I'm Kelly Jewell and yeah, I was born into the industry um, when I was growing up, my father had a retail jewelry store. It was kind of like a high-end pawn shop type jewelry store. So because of that, we we had a little more diversity with not just fine jewelry, but like gold buying, rare coins, luxury watches, because people are, when they need money, they want to sell their luxury watches. And so they would come to us for stuff like that, you know, or to my dad. I was a little girl. But, um, yeah, so I grew up in the industry and was just surrounded by it all the time. When I graduated from college, I, I have a degree in nutrition science dietetics, uh-huh. and dietetics. it's funny, but when I graduated from college, I realized I'm like, I don't want to have the type of career where I just go to work and I have to get daycare for my kids. I wanted to be able to work from home with my kids. And, The internet was kind of new. This was like in 1999. And so we, I just decided, I'm like, I'm going to start, there's this new eBay thing. I'm just going to start selling my dad's stuff online. Instead of reaching just local uh, people, I could reach the world with it, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what started my, so um, basically that's the beginning of my business in 1999. I started my eBay store and that's kind of when my business started as a, I wasn't selling my own products at that time. I was just selling my dad's products and, um, back in 2015, mm-hmm. kind of broke away from selling his products and only sell my own products now. So, okay. but Yeah.
0: So Um, you must have, you've built up a clientele of people who, like you were explaining, when people need cash right away, or maybe they've just, they've started a little side business of their own where they, um, they acquire or purchase, uh, watches in, in the secondary jewelry or secondary luxury watch.
1: I have, there's so many different like, uh, like aspects to it. Right. I have, it's developed into um uh, me now supplying a lot of jewelers and other watch dealers with the customizations they need because yeah, a lot of watch a lot of um watch dealers okay, well rewind a little bit. My uh. eBay account really just mostly started focusing on watches. I I tried to do to I tried to do jewelry on eBay in the beginning and realized, yeah, jewelry's hard to sell online. Mm-hmm. The very touch and feel kind of thing. And there's like with a Rolex watch, it's a certain brand and standard, right? It is what it is. There's not a lot of variation. Mm -hmm. Right. So buying a Rolex watch online is a little easier because it kind of is what it is. But that's not so much the case with jewelry. Right. You know? And so I really noticed that early on and focused my energy, my online Sales on just the Rolex portion or, you know, high-end watches, mostly okay. Rolex. Yeah. Okay. And a lot of my jewelry clients, um, like 50% of my clients were jewelry clients, 50% watch clients. So the jewelry clients were a lot of local word of mouth um, referrals. So then, yeah. So that's why my focus kind of more went to watches okay. online. Okay. Yeah. And I could do that online with a family, you know, having a family at home. I could do right. that online. Right. Um, And so what, what started developing is um, this kind of sentimental customization, like personalization, sentimental pieces, like uh, people would just start asking like, Hey, can you do this? Or can you do that? And my dad always taught me like growing up, like if someone asks you if you have something or you can do something, I mean, You can say no and then you don't earn their business or you can just say, I can get it or I can do it. I can figure it out, you know? And so um, that's kind of been like something that I've always kind of stuck with. Like, hey, hey, if anyone can figure it out, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm persistent that way. Uh So we just, we would always just figure it out. And I just learned that With the luxury watch industry, there's just a lot of stuff out there, like aftermarket parts, especially the cosmetic side of them, you know, like dials and bezels and things like that. Mm -hmm. They're just like not high quality. They're just, I don't know why people would put them on a Rolex. It's Mm -hmm. just super low quality and it's not worthy of a Rolex. And I mean, I feel like the dealers do it. A lot of the people, the dealers do it, you know, my competitors basically, because mm-hmm. it's more higher margins for them, right? Mm-hmm. So they can do like a lower quality customization, stay within the client's perceived budget and, you know, make a little more money. Yeah. But to me, it was more worth it to have a little bit smaller profit margins and higher quality, not just because of the pride of my work, but also I'm selling on eBay, which is, um, you're kind of bound. Like they, they have a feedback system that you're like stuck with. I mean, if someone's not rational in their feedback to you, there's nothing you can really do about it. Mm-hmm. So even if you sell something that's lower quality and you describe it as such and you're honest in your listing description if it's if they don't like it once they get it in hand they can give you negative feedback for that. You know and I didn't want to risk that. Uh-huh. Not on my eBay account. Like I just felt like this is how I'm reaching the world, you know. Right. So I just decided, I made a conscious decision that my products that I was going to sell would be higher end quality higher quality customizations and that I wasn't for everybody mm-hmm. like a lot of people would see my prices because some of my prices are a little higher than the competition, but it's not apples and oranges mm-hmm. and if anyone gives me the chance to show them and, and give them show them the competitions and explain exactly what it is with images and um they the people who understand, they are willing to pay a little extra to have it done right.
0: Uh huh.
1: Okay. And when I teach my clients, I, it takes time. But when I teach my clients exactly what's happening when they're buying the cheaper products, there is an understanding, and it's I think it's appreciated. And for, most people would rather just pay a little more to get the higher quality. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And even even with diamond bezels, I mean, I I don't think I talked to you about this before, but like the settings are so fine, right? There's so many prongs on them, right? And the settings are so um, tiny. And if if the setter doesn't set the diamonds and the prongs tight enough, right, on there, and if they don't polish it properly to where, don't polish it too much because you don't want diamonds to fall off, but polish it enough to have a nice sleek look and a functionality, you could have a bezel where if the time wasn't put in to do it right, I mean, you just throw on a silk blouse, and that bezel will just grab the blouse and ruin it. And like, expensive clothing can be damaged from it. Like, it's crazy. Like, people don't realize it's just the little things that they don't even think about. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's so many moving parts with these custom pieces, and people just uh-huh. get uh-huh. we we think about all of the little details. So right. You, don't have, you know. Right.
0: But yeah. I mean, back up a little bit. And for our listeners, have you explained to us and um, define what a luxury watch is? Because a lot of people, um, they don't really know in the world of watches, you know, a, a nice watch, they can walk into a jewelry store and get a Seiko or a Citizen, which are great watches. But then on the other, the flip side of it, the luxury watches there's just a little bit more attention to detail the movements are they're automatic and they're a lot there's just a lot more um workmanship and you know, engineering that goes into some of these luxury watches so explain to the listeners what a luxury watch is and i know we've mostly been talking about rolexes because they, they iconically they're really popular and, um, and then we'll get back to the changes that you make to personalize them for people. So I guess we yeah. could just focus on Rolex watches. And then if there are any others that you work on as, you know, maybe secondarily as, as much as Rolex, then tell us a little
1: bit about yeah, those. We could just use Rolex as an example, but yeah, okay, most, perfect. Are, you know, yeah. similar. Um, well, like with, Okay. So it's funny because I'm, I'm not a watchmaker. So, um, so when it comes to like, you know, the details of the inner workings of a watch, that's not even my area of expertise, but I, with luxury watches, most, most luxury watches, the most expensive ones are automatic watches and automatic, meaning it self winds by your body movement. Right. So, it's not like a smartwatch where it's using a satellite to keep the time or a, it's not bad. There's no battery in it like some watches, although some luxury watches do, you know, there are some Cartiers that use batteries and a, a bunch of them, you know, mm-hmm. Tags- that are, can somewhat luxury, you know, but, um, but yeah, most of the high end, like really nice luxury watches are all automatic. And, um, so they, yeah, they use your body, so they're self-winding, meaning your movement. They also are wound by hand too, right? Because mm-hmm. if you don't wear them for a while, they'll stop. Mm-hmm. Like if you just set it down on your desk for, you know, they have different power reserves. Different models have different power reserves. Most of them, most Rolex watches are usually between, you know, a couple of days to a few days of power reserve that if you took it off, it'll keep running for, you know? Okay. Um. And that's why a lot of people with luxury watches have watch winders because you'll just put it on this little thing that acts like a human and just kind of rolls around and makes... Then when you put it on, it still has the time and you don't have to stress to change it, you know? Right. Um, but um, but they're just inter... Uh, like, the movements are... They're not just... It's not just like a factory that just... Machines are making it. Like, it's a human. Mm-hmm. So that's why a watchmaker... You call a watchmaker... like someone who is even just repairing your watches because for someone to have the skill to do the repairs on the luxury watches, they also have to have the skill to be a watchmaker because when you service a movement on a luxury watch, you are, if you do it correctly, you will take the entire movement out and separate all of the parts. And literally they will put it in these little baskets of cleaners, right? Mm -hmm. And the entire watches in pieces. Every piece of the movement is just in a basket, all separate. And it, it's mind-blowing to me because I'm not a watchmaker that these guys can clean these movements parts, all these individual parts, and just put the watch back together like it's a brand new watch. Right. You know, it's it's pretty cool. I mean, they're very talented people. These watches, some of them, some of the luxury watches are a lot more expensive because they're a lot more complicated movements, right? Mm-hmm. If you have we'll just start with like the basics just a a watch that's very simple an oyster perpetual rolex is just a note has no date they're probably the more simple ones right Mm -hmm. they just they're not very complicated they don't have a date it's just the time that's it and then you have you know watches with a date a little bit more complicated right
0: right
1: when you add when you have uh chronographs extra sub dials with different functions. Anytime you add more function to the watch, you add more complexities. It gets a little more expensive, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So some of these watches, I mean, like Patek Philippe watches. I mean, I've heard some of these more expensive movements that a watchmaker, I don't know, took them a year to make it or something. I mean, I don't know. It sounds, this is like, I don't study watchmaking very much. It's just what I know from being in the industry, but it's pretty it is really interesting these movements are crazy complicated some of them. Right.
0: I remember I remember taking the backs off of like my mother's watches and winding them and seeing the little pieces move. And yeah. a lot of people younger people don't remember that those kind of mechanical watches that you had to wind even existed because now the quartz battery operated watches, you just put them on until the battery runs out. So that appreciation of seeing things move and seeing the little gears move, that's Mm -hmm. what you're talking about, but on a whole different, very minute and um, intricate, intricate manner. So then the other part that makes a lot of luxury watches more expensive is the metals that they're made from so rolex does a combination of different metal stainless but then the really high-end ones will be either a combination of stainless steel and 18 karat yellow gold and then the pure like the all gold watches
1: all platinum
0: platinum yeah So when we're talking about the luxury watches, it's also not just how well they're made on the inside. It's also the materials and the precious metals that are used in the cases, which houses the, what people call the face or the dial. And then also the watch band. So that's what Kelly specializes in. And Tell us a little bit about maybe some of your favorite
1: jobs that you did for people to customize. Okay. But Rolex is very basic. Like they haven't really nothing. They don't change that much. I mean, yeah, you have the vintage watches that, yeah, they changed. But like, if you look at it, like it's not that much, mm-hmm. not that much. It's all, they really didn't change very much as they, as the time, as time has passed. So, so yeah, in reality, they're just kind of standard and and boring, but they're still a Rolex, right? Right. They're, they hold their value and it's a good investment. You know, if you have money sitting in the bank, you might as well put it on your wrist. You can always put it back in the bank if you want to sell it. You know, that's you're not gonna true. take a you're not gonna take a depreciation hit like you would if you bought a car and drove it for a few years. That's right. not how that's not how luxury watches work. I mean you could spend 20,000 on a car or 20,000 on a Rolex. In 5 years that car is not going to be worth 20,000, <laughs> but in 5 years the Rolex is going to be more most likely more than 20,000, you know. Yes. One of the things I think I do that kind of sets me apart from a lot of the other other dealers out there is when I do customizations for people I do really have their best interest at heart. Like I really try to think like if this were my watch customization that I was having someone do for me knowing not a lot about watches, right. As a buyer, what would I want them to do? You know? Mm-hmm. So, um, I do whenever possible, I always provide all the factory original parts to the client so that their watch can be the fun watch or the sentimental piece that it is and double as an investment piece also, because once you personalize something, you have kind of made it just your own it doesn't, it's it, It's harder to sell something that's customized and personalized for your own self when it was kind of unique that you liked it, right? Right. But it's the common standard, right? Right. So um, if I provide them with all their factory parts and they ever decide to sell it or, you know, they're usually in a very safe position because... Um, If they were ever to sell it to someone, they're going to want the factory parts, you know, Mm -hmm. um, for the value of it. But also, a lot of dealers weren't doing that because, like, when the, sorry, the ceramic sport models started getting more and more popular, people really liked the look of that ceramic on the bezels. Mm -hmm. Uh, Basically, what happened is Rolex, um, those sport models, like Submariners and GMTs, and those were the most popular ones, had aluminum bezel inserts in them which faded in the sun they scratched really easily Mm -hmm. um they just didn't retain their color and their you know they just didn't stay looking really good right and so when rolex started doing the ceramic inserts the color was richer it wasn't ceramic is harder to scratch it doesn't fade Um, it just kept the watch looking nicer longer right? Uh But those ceramic inserts, they're like thin pieces of glass. So when you customize a watch like that and you, you add a new ceramic insert to the bezel, Uh you have to take the other one out and taking the the original one out almost a hundred percent of the time, it's going to break. I mean, there are rare cases where a watchmaker can get it out without breaking it. The most recent one that happened a few months ago, I talked to a guy and his watchmaker got it out without breaking it. Uh, It took him over an hour. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Over an hour to get it out, right? But I mean, that was worth it because the bezel insert itself, the factory original bezel insert, depending what color it is, like if it's black or versus a Pepsi one, that'd be red and blue. I mean, that bezel insert alone could be worth anywhere between $800 And Uh $20,000, you know what I'm saying? So you don't want to break it, you know? Um, But we, um, in the beginning, when I started doing these customizations, we always just would lose the insert because it would break. And so we didn't provide that back to our clients. And I just didn't like that. I wanted to find a way to preserve it. And most dealers out there were just switching the whole bezel, right? Because then they don't have to worry about it. If they would just, if they bought a bezel, the metal part already had the some the customiz- uh, customization. Or if they bought the aftermarket one, breaking the ceramic piece inside of it didn't matter because it wasn't factory original. It was okay. just maybe a cheap plastic one or not actual ceramic, right? Right. A lot of time. Just have white paint in the numbers. It wasn't like genuine platinum or, you know, it was just cheap. So it didn't matter, Uh but they would use the aftermarket metal part of the bezel. Right. Which I mean, there's plenty of good aftermarket ones, but I just liked one of my big things was to try to, uh, keep as much of the watch as possible. Original. Mm -hmm. I, Mm. when I do a customization, I want to change the least amount as possible and still get the desired result. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's not really consistent with dealers either because other dealers are going to want to keep that factory bezel and change it out. Right. Right. Because there's a whole underground market of selling watch parts and you like I said, you these guys are making more money selling the original parts they're pulling off the watches than on the margins on the watches themselves. Because mm. really, Rolex watches as a whole just, when you as a buyer and seller, well, there's not huge margins. It's definitely uh-huh. not open margins, not even close. That's why jewelers, that's why jewelers have such a hard time taking on watches as part of their business model, like taking on luxury watches, because uh-huh. they're just they're just used to. Normal business type margins, right? Yeah, but watch margins are so so small. So, anytime these dealers can get a nice margin on a watch, they're going to take advantage of it and they're going to keep the parts, put the aftermarket parts on the customization. The customers don't fully understand, you know, a lot of them, so they can get away with it, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, the customer agreed to it, so I'm not saying that they did anything bad, but the customer didn't know is what I'm saying. They didn't fully understand. Right. And I just, I just, because I do know, I feel I have a responsibility to my clients, you know? So for years, I, my goal was to find a way to get those ceramic inserts out of the bezel without breaking them so that the clients could keep their original bezel on their watch. Uh huh. So I I actually commissioned an inventor who's also a watchmaker and an engineer kind of has, and he has CAD cam skills and three D printing skills. So I commissioned him to create a tool that could remove it without breaking it. And we did that and we worked, we used it for, we've been using it for a couple of years now with like amazing results. Like, uh, like, none maybe one has broken out of hundreds and hundreds but the tool will remove the factory parts with the factory ceramic inserts without breaking them and it will also install the aftermarket one without breaking it yeah so it's nice and then the customers can keep their parts so it's been huge and a a lot of dealers now they kind of rely on us to do their customizations because they don't they didn't have the tool but now we're making the tool and we're selling it to them and showing them how to use it.
0: Okay, awesome. So, That's yeah. good. I'm so sorry to leave you hanging here, but this is the end of part 1 with Kelly Jewel. It's about time a unique twist on luxury watches. I loved hearing her background and that she has so much experience doing this niche customization on Rolex watches mostly and you'll hear the rest of the story and she'll share more about some of the unique customizations she's done on Rolex watches for her clients and also what to look for when shopping for a luxury watch for your own the best places to shop for them and what to look for that'll be next Thursday also until then be sure to follow me on Instagram at Jewelry Navigator and I have a Facebook page as well under the same name I'll be reposting the podcast and various different posts for social media. And also, I'm inviting you to a live cast that I started on my Podbean home site, and you can find that at jewelrynavigator.podbean.com. Saturday mornings, I'm opening up just a fun live stream for quick jewelry updates and maybe some Q and A's. But this week I thought I would talk about something that can often be confusing. uh, And it has to do with gold. I figured it would be a good topic to talk about, especially since yellow gold is really coming back in style. And also to explain the difference between two terms that are very similar carrots with a K. And carrots with the C when it comes to describing two different aspects of jewelry items. So that will be this Saturday morning at 8 30. Carrots and Coffee with Jewelry Navigator. Come in your pajamas, bring your coffee. It'll be lots of fun. And until next time, next Thursday, join me here on your favorite audio podcast platform. I publish on Apple Podcast, um, Podbean, of course, Google pod, podcasts, Stitcher, and most, most of it is published now on the major audio platform. So please join me wherever your favorite place is to listen to podcasts. And until next time, I'll talk to you later. Thanks a lot for listening. Bye-bye.